0: It hurts me that when I read comments, not only specifically to this case, but in general, how little empathy we exercise and how much we put people in positions, how much we judge people from a place of anger, from a place of grievance, from a place of blame. And I truly believe that we can do better as a human being, as a society. As business leaders, no matter whether you're a C-suite, no matter where you're an employee, no matter where you're a regulator, no matter whether you are government, we as human beings can do better. I want to leave a world behind for my son, for the younger generation. It's different from the world we live in today. Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, hosted by Nadia Alfred hassi founder of Thrive with EQ. Join us as we explore the world of emotional intelligence and learn how to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence. With two decades of experience in the world's largest security organization, Nadia brings a unique perspective and invaluable insights to the table. Her mission is to help businesses break down silos, build bridges, and create a culture of emotional intelligence fosters well-being of employees, builds strong leadership, and ultimately drives business success. By learning how to manage emotions, communicate effectively, and foster a positive work environment, you can improve productivity, reduce turnover, and build a team that's happy, healthy, and motivated. So whether you're looking to enhance your own emotional intelligence, or create a culture of emotional intelligence within your organization, you're in the right place. Get ready to Thrive with EQ. Welcome to episode 11 of the EQ Elevator podcast. If you've noticed, I did not publish any episodes last week. I disappeared for a week from social media with a good excuse. And I do apologize because consistency is something I strive for every day. And the reason why I disappeared is to work on a project that I had put on the back burner that will help businesses Build Ransomware Resilience Through Emotional Intelligence. The project is called Building Emotional Firewalls in Cybersecurity. And the first demos in series and the program that I will develop is related to ransomware resilience. So focused on the human factor, both as a preventive measure, but also as a resilience measure when faced with a ransomware attack. Obviously, no one wakes up wishing to be faced with a ransomware attack, expecting how the best defense mechanism strategy is understanding that it's not a question if you will be hacked or attacked, but when. And with that mindset, you can prepare yourself much better from a holistic approach. And emotional firewalls is focused on the human resilience part. So I invite you to check that out. The link is in the description box below. And with that said, let's get started. Today is going to be a bit different approach because for those who have followed the case of the former CISO in Uber, Joe Sullivan, who failed to report a data breach, went to court and is the first corporate executive to be sentenced of a crime. Now, he's not going to be jailed, but he is going to be fined, and he is on probation period. And the reason why, as explained by mainstream media, is that the judge received many letters, many pleas showing that he is a man of character, track record. He's a former prosecutor himself, so he has a clean slate. So how did this happen? And obviously, the media is meant to get us excited, sensation, blame, shame, hindsight. We have all opinions on what he could have done better, what the C-suite could have done better, what is fair, what is not fair. And although I think there is some practicality in looking at it from an optimistic and pessimistic lens, a critical lens and factual lens, but also a human lens to understand that even people like Joe Sullivan, whether it's fair or not fair, can make decisions that have detrimental consequences. And by approaching this kind of situations through emotional intelligence, I truly believe that it can reduce the risk of making decisions with such consequences. Which is why I want to use this episode to highlight some of the important emotional intelligence tools that can help organizations, businesses, C-suite executives, especially CISOs like Joe, to avoid this or to reduce the risk as much as possible. Because obviously we don't control the judiciary system, we don't control the external environment, but only using carrot and sticks is not going to build a safe or secure footprint and the other part which concerns me and I think concerns many in this industry is that what message are we sending to future security leaders what message are we sending to the outside world that if you want to become a CISO it's not only vanity it's all not glamour with awards you can actually be sentenced and sent to jail. The judge also said that he was influenced by unprecedented nature of the case and warning that future offenders would be jailed even if they were the Pope. So they're sending a message, sending a message that if we do not take data protection seriously, uh, and the liability is just creeping up, the C-suite executives, we're starting with the CISO. What message are we sending? cybersecurity is a huge problem. It's a complex problem. And we keep talking about we needing different inputs and different expertise and the out-of-the-box solutions, yet we are far away from reaching this state of being. Because of the traditional nature we see cybersecurity, because of the personalities involved, and because of the stress and uncertainty many people are facing. So my view my input is to hopefully help shed a new perspective on how we can move away from fear mongering how we can move away from blame and shame, and how we can have a more humanistic approach to understand how leaders make decisions under these circumstances and use proactive measures that are optimistic, not only carrot and stick, to Reduce the risk. Obviously, it's going to happen. But how can we make cybersecurity an exciting place, an inviting place, an optimistic place? And that's where emotional intelligence comes in, in my humble view. So, Kirsten Todd, who recently stepped down as chief of staff at the Federal Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, wrote to the judge that top executives had warned her that the verdict would make it impossible to recruit smart people into the roles of chief information security officers and chief security officers if imprisonment is on the table and it will set the industry back so this likely played a role why joe sullivan was not jailed but fined and on probation period however we don't know what's going to happen in the future and my contribution through this podcast through the work that i do through emotional firewalls is to help businesses reduce this risk because we can blame the c-suite we can blame the management teams we can blame employees but at the end of the day we are human beings and human error is a thing we all make mistakes and when we judge people's mistake As they are wrong and we are right and have this very binary, narrow view of looking at things, how are we going to build a safer, secure world where smart people, innovative people, out-of-the-box people, expert people who have a track record, like Joe Sullivan. I don't know him personally, so I'm judging my assumptions based on what I've read and based on the case studies. How can we attract these kinds of personalities to help build a safer workforce? So let's dive into it, and I'm just going to highlight the, the main EQ aspects. I wrote a blog and I'm going to write uh, much more on how? how EQ, its different cases, can reduce the risk. But I will link the blog specifically to the Uber case also in the description box below. When we look at the EQ model that I use as a basis for emotional firewalls, for emotional resilience, it's a scientifically validated model with five key dimensions. How we view ourselves, self-perception, how we express ourselves, communication towards others in the outside world, interpersonal skills, how we relate to one another, which is essential for building trust and confidence with stakeholders, with internal stakeholders and external stakeholders. The way we make decisions, which is the most important part in this case and stress management. How do we behave and how do we react under stress? So these key components can really help you build a foundation for human resilience. And when we look at the case of Joe Sullivan, he was facing several challenges. Now, some of you may say that's why he's paid to be a C-suite executive. He needs to be able to handle it. True. At that level, you need to have a certain stress tolerance, you need to have a certain ability to manage these different challenging crises. At the same time, we're facing a leadership crisis. At the same time, there has been study over study, and the latest one was from Deloitte that nearly 70% of CEOs want to quit. Now, we can sit here and say, it's the CEO's problem, they're not equipped, or we can acknowledge that there is a problem, there is a human resiliency problem that perhaps is not only within the responsibility of the individual, but a responsibility within the system we created, the responsibility within the culture. I get very passionate about this because I am determined to make a change, because I've lived through this myself. I've seen other brilliant leaders suffer from the system and the culture that we have built. So step by step, we're not going to change the world in one day, but one step at a time. That was my philanthropical outburst. I apologize. (laughs) So let's go back to to how decision-making could have played a part. At the time when we feel pressure, when our mind, our brain, our human brain, can only focus on several factors at the same time. No matter how intelligent we are, no matter how experienced we are, when we face challenges and pressure, we revert to a stress response. And based on your stress tolerance levels, you will react in a way that is familiar to you or even unfamiliar, which translates into irrational behavior hindsight. How often, if you look back in your own situation, whether it's professional or personal, and you don't understand why you acted that way, perhaps of the emotion you felt, this is a stress response. And the same thing, we can use this lens to understand Sullivan's action. Although he had a a conscious awareness and knowledge of what he was doing, was perhaps not in the best interest of the organization, in his own best interest, and in the interest of the cybersecurity industry at the whole. But put yourself in Sullivan's shoes. How would you react if we are brutally honest? How would we be able to deal with such pressure? It impacts those type of emotions, impact our ability to solve problems. People who have low levels of problem solving are more easily influenced by emotion and cloud their judgment. Even if they have a general average or high levels of problem solving, they can still be influenced by intense emotions if in an unfamiliar situation. He was already dealing with a previous case of investigation, negotiating with Sandberg criminals, and trying to, to do damage control. So he did what he knows best with the information he had, and his knowledge, his cognitive intelligence, but also his emotional intelligence, influenced his decision. Now, I'm not making, for those who say, I'm not a, a judge, I'm not an advocate. I, I, although when I was younger, I always wanted to become an attorney and defend people, but <laughs> the, the long uh, studies of law actually dissuaded me. But what I'm trying to convey is that we move away from a binary lens and approach in judging a situation and look at it from different perspectives that can coexist. He can perhaps be wrong in his decision-making, but there's also an explanation why. And when we address the root cause of why and create an environment that provides a safe space to, for people and leaders to understand their problem-solving in certain situations, and what would happen in the discretion within the company. We can reduce the risk. This is another very important element, which may not be I may not be popular for saying this. When we, we when the not we I'm not the government, but the government comes with laws that force companies to reveal or register or make public the ransomware attacks, which I'm not debating whether it's right or wrong, right? I'm not the law. I think I'm a big believer in law. I think it's a a good thing. However, we need to be practical. As a company, why should they reveal a ransomware attack, which is going to have a direct impact on their reputation? Because as people, we judge. And one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest goals of companies and C-Suite is to manage reputational image. Employers' brand, organizations' brand, especially in this current digital age where competition is ruthless. So these two things are creating an opposition. You can create laws, but how many organizations are actually going to report ransomware? Not many, and the statistics are very clear about it. And I'm not saying that one cannot coexist with the other, not at all. We should have a law and we should have these carrot and stick approach to hold leaders and organizations accountable. But we should also have other incentivizing ways and innovative ways in reducing the risk first that ransomware happens, but also preparing the organizations within their own discretion and within their own circle, to reduce the risk and build this resilience. So they're not put in that situation. And this is where emotional intelligence comes in, through simulation and visualization, as I explained in the demos. The other important part of the EQ tool of decision-making, which we're using in today's episode, is reality testing. What is true in terms of fact, what is actually happening, and what we make up as stories. Now, imagine if you're facing enormous stress You are being asked to pay a ransomware, your data company's data has been hacked. The the reputational damage, you're dealing with multiple stakeholders. You're dealing with criminals. You're dealing with so much pressure at the same time. This impacts the way you view the situation. It will heighten your stress response. It will heighten the danger and also influence the way you decide and make and, and influence your response options. This is what likely also has played a factor in Sullivan's decision-making within this case. The last one is impulse control revolves around the delay between the triggering of the emotion, triggering of the feeling, and our response time. Now, someone who has low levels of impulse control may fly off the handle much quicker, may react much quicker, and doesn't mean react in angry, but for example, if you have a very sophisticated, well-crafted, which is easier now with ChatGPT and all these AI transformations, phishing email, someone who has no levels of impulse control, they are likely to click very fast and hence open a door into your organization by increasing their vulnerability. Same thing during ransomware attack, if your data is hacked and you're being asked to you know pay or whatever it is then if you have low levels of impulse control in that moment even average you're likely to act because the emotion of fear the emotion of anxiety stress response is going to drive your action in that situation so understanding this Exercising this, having open conversations about this within your leadership team, so they can also support their team, will create a culture of resilience in a healthy and constructive way. People become more aware of how they function, how the other people function, without feeling something is wrong with them and without feeling judged. And this is the most important element in building a healthy security culture in the digital age. Don't make people feel judged. You want to have people who come forward early on when something has happened, when a mistake has happened. You want people like executives like Joe Sullivan to be able to work within a leadership team with the board of directors as well, and in the governance structure where they have a crisis a crisis format set up that they can discuss this before it happens. One preventive measure, measures and to activate this crisis response option as soon as it happens, so they are prepared and they're not going to make decisions on their own because they think that it will lead one way or the other. That is true teamwork. That is you know sailing stormy seas of today's working working world together as captain, master, and sailors. This is also part of the tabletop exercises I facilitate. I use the analogy of uh, searing your ship through the storm so you can arrive in smooth waters. I hope you understand what I'm trying to convey here. Today I am a bit more passionate than usual because it hurts me to see that this happens and that this is probably only the beginning. It hurts me that when I read comments, not only specifically to this case, but in general, how little empathy we exercise and how much we put people in positions, how much we judge people from a place of anger, from a place of grievance, from a place of blame. And I truly believe that we can do better as a human being, as a society, As business leaders, no matter whether you're a C-suite, no matter where you're an employee, no matter where you're a regulator, no matter whether you are government, we as human beings can do better. I want to leave a world behind for my son, for the younger generation. It's different from the world we live in today. This is what drives me. This is what makes me show up every day. This is what makes me put in the work, bring out the message every day. So I hope that this episode, I hope that today's message will help business leaders think differently. Use emotional intelligence in a practical way to reduce the risk of Sullivan's case reproducing ever again. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to releasing the next episode this Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive with EQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, visit our website at thrivewitheq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.